You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Hey. Well, that's so kind of you. Much love to you guys. And as we think about Pastor Appreciation Month, I just want to honor Pastor Pedro and Joe. They're just such amazing men of God. And I also want to honor our church staff. Yeah. And all of our church staff across the board, they're serving so many ways. I see so many of the things that they do behind the scenes that are just so amazing, such selfless and loving people, and they pastor so many people in so many awesome ways, and I can't thank God for them enough. Well, as we continue in our spiritual warfare series, today we're going to be looking at counterfeit spirituality. So let's go to the popular culture and see what's going on there with Kat Von D. Perhaps some of you know who that is. She is the world-renowned tattoo artist. Some of you have seen her on her TV shows and that. She's a fashionista and that. I think uh, my daughter has some of her eyeliner or something like that, you know. But uh, in recent years, Kat Von D has actually come to faith in Jesus. And in the next picture, you'll see her being baptized. And I think she's going in a good direction in her life. And I brought a quote today from Kat Von D. I'll share it with you. She says, today, I went through my entire library and threw out books. She had a lot of occult books. She says, I threw out books that just don't align with who I am and who I want to be. I've always found beauty in the macabre you know, just creepy things. But at this point, I just had to ask myself, what is my relation, my relationship with this content? And the truth is, I just don't want to invite any of these things into our family's lives. Even if it comes disguised in beautiful covers, collecting dust on my shelves, she says, right now, it's never been more clear to me that there is a spiritual battle taking place And I want to surround myself and my family with love and light. And I thought, that's pretty cool, isn't it? So I know that there are some church people that are going to question the authenticity of Kat Von D's conversion. But I thought the woman had the wherewithal. She had been involved in the occult. She got rid of all her occult books. She even had her satanic tattoos covered over. And I thought, that's a pretty significant commitment. So I don't know about you, but I'm praying for Kat Von D and I'm rooting for that she'll continue to grow in her faith. Right on? And now I know that you guys come in two different groups here to church today. Some of you are like, you know, there probably been some spiritual practices in my family background, my family of origin that have been not so much along with the Bible. And some of you are saying, you know, I, there's, there could be some kind of demonic activity active in my life because of that spiritual background. And I want to give you some encouragement today that you're not only loved here, but you're going to ex- learn how you can experience freedom from some of that today. And you're going to learn and be equipped how you can help other, other people get free of that kind of demonic interference in their lives as well. Now, there are others of you that you're like, hey, I grew up in a home where we learned the Bible and we knew about that kind of stuff and we were trained not to get involved in that kind of stuff. And you're like, maybe this won't have anything to do with me. Well, no, the opposite is true. You're going to be equipped today to know how to handle and deal with demonic interference. And so um, I've heard one pastor say that if you don't run into a demon every once in a while, you might be going the same direction. So uh, we, we want to be equipped to know how to deal with these things so that you don't have to call anybody or get help, that you'll be equipped and know how to deal with it yourself. We want to empower you here in that. And look, a lot of us are opening our eyes to the spiritual battle that's raging all around us, like Kat Von D surfaced in her quote just a moment ago. And that's why we've given you guys this spiritual warfare prayer. We've got the QR code on screen, so you can hit that QR code. You can read that prayer out loud every day to put on the full armor of God if you would like to. Or if you're an audio person, you can listen to the audio of the prayer and agree with it and say the amen and put on the armor of God in that way. But Kat Von D was doing what a lot of courageous Christ followers were doing in the early church in the book of Acts. And so why don't we stand together for the reading and honoring of God's word today as we go to Acts chapter 19, verse 18 through 20. 
Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. And now I want you to change channels to 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, where the Bible says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test the spirits. And so here's the analogy today. If I live my financial life depending upon Monopoly money, anybody like Monopoly? You know, play, it's like counterfeit, it's like fake money, right? If I'm depending on Monopoly money for my retirement and I'm saving up Monopoly all these years, someday in the future, I'm gonna be in for a rude awakening, aren't I? And in the same way, people who are trusting in a counterfeit, non-biblical form of spirituality are in, in for you know, a shocking surprise in this life and in the life to come. And I wanna encourage those of you who've come from different kinds of spiritual backgrounds. We're, we love you here and we're glad you came, but I wanna challenge you a little bit and ask, do you have the courage to question the spirituality that you grew up with, the superstitions perhaps that you grew up with? Because remember, the word of God says that Christ followers are testers and questioners. Do you have the courage to question your background? And you come here, we definitely want you to question and challenge things here. And so look, you can ask any question you want as long as you got the courage to stick around for the answers that come from God's word. You follow me? And so here's what I wanna show you today is that we can overcome counterfeit spiritualities when we repent, renounce, rebuke. Repent, renounce, rebuke. Let's say that together out loud, whether you're worshiping online or here in the cameo when I point to you. Ready? Here we go. Repent, renounce, rebuke. And before you sit down, turn to someone next to you and tell them, repent, renounce, rebuke, and then take a seat. Okay, and then go ahead and take a seat. And let me give you a brief disclaimer here. Um, some of the things I'm gonna be sharing with you are gonna be a little spooky, a little scary. And so I recommend that if you have children in here, they might get scared. If they might get scared, I'll leave that to you as a parent to gauge that. But it might be a good time to check them in to Kid City. Um, also, I'll mention that we have no need to fear as followers of Jesus Christ, greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and uh, discipline. And so what I want you to know is we don't have to be afraid. And so even though some of the things that I'm going to share are going to be kind of strange, and so this is gonna, I'm giving you the weird alert for this service today um, that uh, some of these things are going to be kind of strange. And so I'm going to break down repent, renounce, and rebuke. Number one, repent. What does it mean to repent? Well, it's just a change of heart and mind that leads to a change in actions. You follow me? You change what you believe or the way you think, and it helps you to change your actions. As I was thinking about repenting, I was thinking about a story or something that happened years ago. I was just, you know, early on going into the ministry, I was in college and I was doing a summer youth ministry internship with one of my mentors, Phil Dietz. And Phil and I were, you know, ministering to these students and this one student came and his name was Alex. And Alex had been involved in the occult and Satanism. And he, you know, that's a rough spirituality to be a part of, man. It's just like really not nice people. And he was having these sorrows, these emotional problems from being involved in Satanism. And he came into Phil's office with a couple of us and we were praying for him and he wanted this help. He didn't want to feel bad. And then all of a sudden, like a demon manifests through Alex there in the office. And Phil tried to take authority over it and cast it out and the demon would not come out. Why? Well, we'll get to that here in just a minute. But as the demon manifests, it said uh, I'm going to infiltrate your youth ministry and I'm going to infiltrate this church. And Phil said, no, you're not. <laughs> we're aware of you. We're going to handle that. Um, well, that night, the demons would not come out of Alex. 
Why? Well, we had to end the session because, you know, it wouldn't come out. And we continued to work with him in the coming days. And a, a lot of strange and weird things happened. I could talk the whole time about that. But for the sake of time, I'm going to get right to it. That, um, you know, we had this other friend in town who was a youth pastor, and his name was Gene. And we were good friends with Gene, and we would do, you know, youth activities with, you know, his youth group and our youth group and everything. Well, one night... Phil, my mentor, gets a call from Gene, and as it turns out, a couple of students in his youth group went out with this guy, and these students were missing, and um, the parents called, and they said, hey, Gene, you know, our kids went out, and they haven't come home yet, and we're worried about them, and they went with a guy named Alex, and and Gene said, Alex says he, he knows you, Phil, and, and, and Phil said, hey, dude, immediately, you've got to call the police, and Phil had figured out and found out where Alex and his Satanist friends were doing some of their ceremonies at this old abandoned house that was just outside of town. And he said, Gene, Phil said, Gene, you got to get those police. You got to get out there right now. And so Gene and the police went out there and they found these two teenagers from Gene's youth group running down this old dirt road. And as it turns out, they told the story. They dove out of the window of this old abandoned house. Those Satanists were out there gonna sexually molest them and sacrifice them. But they dove out the window and they ran down the road and Gene and the police got them and thank the Lord their lives were saved, right? Um, but back to the question, why was it that the demons would not come out of Alex. The reason is because he had no intention of repenting. He didn't want to repent. He was sorry about, you know, what he was experiencing from satanic religion, but he didn't want to repent. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9. Paul says, now rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to what? Repentance. Sorrow led to repentance. And so not only was Alex unrepentant, that there was something inside him that wanted to infiltrate a Christian church. Now, look, I realize that most of you are not like undercover Satanists trying to infiltrate a Christian church. I mean, maybe someone is. And if you are, we love you here and we hope you'll experience the power of God and, you know, experience Jesus and everything. But by and large, most of you are probably pretty good people and you're not trying to like be satanic people and, you know, take kids from a youth group or something like that. Um, but here's what a lot of regular good people do when they come to church is that they've got sorrows. People have sorrows and want to come and get help from God, but don't want to change. People want pain relief, but not rep uh, rep repentance. You follow me? And look, can I ask you a kind of a pointed question? Is there any behavior in your life that doesn't align with God's word? Is there any identity you've received on yourself that doesn't align with the truths of your identity in God's word? Is there any sexual practice you're involved with that doesn't align with God's truth in his word? Is there any spirituality in your life that doesn't align with the scriptures, the word of God? Because pain relief without repentance doesn't work. We have to repent, renounce, rebuke. But let's, let's look at number two, and that is renouncing. So what does it mean to renounce? Well, that's to formally declare your rejection of a spiritual lie. We'll see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, which says, but we have what? Renounce disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And so we renounce evil with our words. You know that your words are powerful in the spiritual realm. The Bible teaches us, you know, that there's power of life and death in the tongue, right? And Jesus actually helped a woman, the Syrophoenician woman in Mark chapter 7, who had a daughter with a demonic problem, and she made a statement out loud with her words. And did you know that the demon was extracted from her daughter's life and the daughter wasn't even in the same room or in the same place? But Jesus says, because of your statement, your words, your daughter has been healed. You have that much power 
in your words. Now, most of the demons that you and I are going to come against, speak against, you know, renounce and the like, are going to be snake and scorpion level demons. We see that uh, snake scorpions, you can see on screen, refer to those demons whose powers specifically target the faculties of the human soul, the mind, will, and the emotions. Whereas scorpion spirits refer to those demons whose powers specifically target the faculties of the human body. Uh, that would be sickness, disease, you know, weaknesses, death, this type of thing. But when you come to faith in Jesus, you're given an authority and a power to overcome the snakes and the scorpions in the spiritual realm. Your authority is the right to act that God's given you. Your power is the ability to act. But here's the thing. Where there's a lack of repentance, it gives place to the snakes and scorpions life, uh, place in your, in your heart, in your life to do you harm. Place. Remember Ephesians tells us, don't give place to the devil. That's a Greek word, topos, that we get our word topography from that, a place on a map, right? Uh, topos is place. If you want to remember topos, it's like topo chico, right? Uh, don't touch my topo chico, okay? Get your grubby lips off my topo chico, uh, and don't give the enemy place in your life. You follow me? Now, Revelation 12, 8 says the demons lost their place or their topos in heaven. And when we lack repentance and renouncing these things, it gives them place. But look, in Christ, you have authority to, with your mouth, renounce the topos or the place of counterfeit spiritualities. I want to point one of those counterfeits out in the practices of the curanderos. When I say curanderos, I know a lot of you from San Antonio, you're like, oh yeah, curanderos. Um, but some of you were transplanted here. You've been transplanted here from the military or your corporate job moved you here. And you're like, what in the world is a curandero, okay? Well, that is a mystical healer that will use like eggs and herbs to try and heal different ailments and cast away demon spirits and the like. What it is, is a mixture of magic and Catholicism. Now, most, you know, a lot of Catholic churches don't buy into the spirituality of the curanderos, but some do here in San Antonio. And I want to be careful here because um, a lot of you had moms or grandmas that put an egg under your bed when you were a kid and they didn't know, you know? They love you. Your mom and your grandma care about you. They have a good heart for you. They just were never been trained in this kind of thing. But I want you to understand that demon spirits are not afraid of eggs and herbs. They fear the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit operating through a spirit-filled believer that walks in the Holy Spirit. That's, they fear that. Um. And I want to tell you a story about a friend of mine that I think represents a lot of people in San Antonio. When he was a little, boy, little kid, he had these night terrors, and he would see something dark in his room, and it scared him. And at first, you know, his parents thought maybe it's just like the boogeyman, you know, he's making this up, but it persisted, and it just plagued him and scared him really bad. And finally, his mom went to some people at the church who bought into the curanderos, right? And so these people from the church brought over an egg, and, they just, and then they instructed her to put a sheet over his face, brandy in her mouth, and spew brandy on his face. She did it. And you know what happened? It worked. The night terror stopped. But there's always a catch in there. Seeing counterfeit spiritualities, it may work sometimes, but there's always a catch. See, my friend, after that experience, he grew up to become a raging alcoholic, a guy who knows what rubbing alcohol tastes like because he had to drink every day, every morning, even. And he traces back his addiction and spiritual struggles to the practice of the curanderos. Now, thank the Lord, he came to faith in Jesus and he was freed from his addiction and he's been free from his addiction even to this day. So glory to God for that. And, you know, thanks to God for that. Right on. <laughs> but we can get over those things when we repent 
renounce, and rebuke. Let's go to number three, rebuke. What does it mean to rebuke? It means to forcefully reprimand, warn, and restrain. And that word forceful is important, and here's why. Because a lot of you are nice people. And, you know, and I'm trying to be a nice person and we want to be gentle and caring and loving, right? That's why we operate with people. But with demon spirits, they cannot receive grace. We must be forceful with them while we're gentle and loving to other human beings. Go with me to Mark chapter 8, verse 33. It says, but turning and seeing his disciples, he, what? What's that word? rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So I don't know how, but Peter had some way, in some way handed the keys of his life over to Satan in such a way that uh, he could be influenced by Satan to try and convince Jesus not to go to the cross, the very purpose for which Jesus came to the earth. And Jesus had to rebuke that in Peter. Look at the next passage, Mark 9, 25. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. But here's a little pointer for you, is that when you rebuke a demon spirit, you've always got a name drop. You ever known a name dropper? Well, in this case, it's good, in that we name drop the name of Jesus. For this, we go to Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your what? Your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So this is the context of spiritual warfare, right? And then in verse 19, it says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. So uh, some people read that, and they literally bring snakes and scorpions to church. Have you ever seen those Appalachian snake handlers? Well, it's clearly in the, pro the, the, the context of spiritual warfare. This is metaphor of different types of demons, you know? So just so you know, two things at City Tribe Church, don't touch my Topo Chico and don't bring snakes to church, okay? So if you don't like snakes, you're safe here because no one's allowed to bring snakes into church at City Tribe Church. We're not gonna, we're not a snake handling kind of church. And, and, but I want to tell you a story of a time where I had to rebuke uh, a snake scorpion level kind of a spirit. I used to do this ministry with street people in the city where I grew up. And I was in the downtown area, and I was on this park bench in front of the public library in that city. And I was sitting next to a friend that was living on the streets, and we were in a conversation about God. And I was trying to, you know, help him learn how he could have a relationship with Jesus. And he seemed to be very, very interested, you know. It wasn't one of those situations where, you know, I'm preaching at someone or, you know, saying something against their will. He really wanted to have this conversation and learn how he could know God. And I thought, okay, well, let's talk about it. And as we're talking, this bag lady starts walking back and forth in front of us, pushing her cart really in a distracting way, and it got more distracting when she would turn her cart around and she would yell at the top of her lungs, she would point at me, and she would say, he's a liar, he's a liar, don't listen to him, he's a liar. And I thought to myself, I'm very offended because you don't know me, lady, and I'm kind to animals, and I'm a nice person, and I don't lie to people, you know, and my mommy loves me, and all this kind of stuff. And, but I th then I had a thought, like a demon spirit that's animating this woman and causing her to distract this guy from hearing the gospel of Jesus. And in a moment, I thought maybe I should do the rebuke. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the evil spirit that causes you to distract this man and say this, be silent in Jesus' name. And you know what the bag lady did? She pushed her cart and left walked down the street. She shut up. She left. And check it out. The dude on the bench was totally open to Jesus at that point. Right on? He's like, yeah, I definitely want to know Jesus right now, you know, uh, when he saw that. And he prayed to receive Christ. And that's why I kind of like Coach Deion Sanders uh, nowadays. A couple of weeks ago, I showed you 
uh, one of his statements we'll put on screen for you. Jesus, I had to say that to make the demons tremble, the haters agitated. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, so get used to me proclaiming his name daily. And I think that's a, a good quote. I don't care how many football games Dion wins, but as long as he's speaking the name of Jesus. And you know, the rebuke, here's an analogy of the abuse the rebuke, what it does in the spiritual realm and the power that you have in your words. It's kind of like a UFC fight when the fighter is going to finish someone. You know how they get on someone, they just start pounding them like that and it weakens them so they can finish them. Well, that's what we do with the rebuke in the spiritual realm. The Bible teaches us that our weapons are not carnal or not physical, but they're spiritual in nature. And so when we speak the rebuke in Jesus' name, it's like punching a demon in the face. You have to punch them multiple times to weaken them. And so some of you who have been fighters on the street, this is going to help you. You're going to understand this, right? Um, and so I want to show you a rebuke, and we're going to do a little rebuke practice. You guys need to get a little practice in church to, to fight in the spiritual realm. And so we'll put it on screen. It's simply this, demon, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Could we practice this out loud together when I point to you? Ready? Here we go. Demon, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And so now let's do it again like you're punching someone in the face. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Demon, I rebuke you in Jesus' face. Oh, you almost melted my face. I wouldn't mess with you people, all right? And so you remember that. You're equipped with that script. So you need that, whether it's in an overt demonic manifestation or you sense a spiritual battle taking place. You rebuke them. You punch them in the face like five times uh, so that you can weaken them and get them to leave you alone. But if you don't know what to pray for, and you're in a situation where you sense that there's a demonic type of influence going on, you rebuke or pray against the root cause of the problem. Now, I learned this from Pastor Dave Bryant. And Dave was speaking at a church, and the pastor was not in deliverance at the church where Dave was speaking. And the pastor said, Dave, don't do any of that deliverance ministry or none of that demon stuff around here, Okay. And Dave says, okay, I'm in your church. I'm going to go by your rules. So um, Dave was ministering. He'd given the message and didn't say anything about deliverance or freedom or demons or any of that. And after the service, one of the key volunteers at this church comes up to Dave and he says, hey, man, I've been struggling with this debilitating anxiety. And Dave, said, he, Dave says, oh, is that right? And the guy says, yeah, can you pray for me? And Dave says, wait just a minute. I need to talk to your pastor. So he calls the pastor over there and he says, hey, pastor, um, this guy came to me for prayer. What do I do? I mean, I don't want to, you know, cause any trouble in the church here. And he goes, do I have permission to just pray against and rebuke the root cause of his problem with anxiety? And the pastor said, oh, sure, you can do that. And so Dave prayed against and he rebuked the, the root cause of the guy's anxiety. And you know what happened? The guy manifests a demon, okay? And then uh, Dave had to cast it out, and the guy was free, right? So you always go for that root cause. And if you want to know some resources that'll help you to understand the spiritual battle that we're in and how to overcome counterfeit spirituality, so I'm going to recommend a few resources. Now, don't listen to these or read any of these if you don't want to go down the rabbit hole, okay? Because it's kind of interesting stuff. The first one I'm going to show you is called Blurry Creatures Podcasts, and it's episode 189, and it's Dave Bryant, the pastor I just mentioned, when he adopted Anton LaVey's daughter. Now, if you don't know, Anton LaVey used to be the head of the Church of Satan in America, and Dave Bryant and his wife Cheryl adopted Anton LaVey, one of his daughters, and helped her out of the occult, and there was all kinds of strange manifestations that happen. And a few of us from the church here, we actually met Dave Bryant a few weeks ago in California. A super awesome guy. And the thing I remember about he and Cheryl is that they just had such love and compassion for people and wanted to, uh, people to be set free and encounter the Lord. And that's what I was impacted by, by meeting him and having lunch and, you know, hanging out with Dave in his office. But another resource that I read back in the 90s and I think Dave Bryant would recommend this book as well. And it's called He Came to Set the Captives Free by Rebecca Brown, MD. 
And this book is a crazy book, man. Um, this is a story of a medical doctor who took in a young woman who was a higher up in the occult and Satanism, and she helped her get out of it. And there are all kinds of demon manifestations and interesting things that happen in that story. And it's also a great resource to learn how to help people get free. And then a resource that we use around here a lot is The Bondage Breaker by Neil Anderson. And it's really helpful in those negative thoughts and um, demonic negative thoughts that come our way. And so it's a great resource as well. And so with an attitude of prayerful seeking, let's ask the Holy Spirit to reveal anything in our lives in which we need to repent, renounce, or rebuke. And before we transition to the ministry time of our service, I think we need to stop and take a time out for a minute. And here's why. Because if we start going in ministry time and demons flare up in someone, if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you have no protection against the demonic forces of evil in this world. And so what do you say we stop and we just pray right now and give you an opportunity to receive Christ into your life if you'd like to do that right now, shall we? So as we bow before the Lord, if you'd like a relationship with God that you've never had before in your life, just talk to him in your own heart, in your own words. Say something like this. Just say, look, God, I know I've sinned, but right now, the best I know how, I'm choosing to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. He was my substitute. I choose to believe that Jesus rose again from the dead to give me a whole new life. And the best I know how I submit my whole life to you, Jesus. Welcome into my life. In your name I pray, amen, amen. So if you just prayed that, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. It's good news. And look, as we do some ministry time, I'm praying and hoping that all of our freedom and deliverance is peaceful today, but sometimes the demons don't cooperate. And if you do start to manifest something in the service, don't feel embarrassed by that. And I want to, I want to tell you why, because years ago, I manifested some things when people were helping me get free from some real struggles that I dealt with for years. And I thank the Lord that they were getting able to get those things to manifest so that I could get free and clear of those. And I also want you to be aware that I've asked our prayer leaders to be available kind of along the sides, because if, if someone starts to manifest something, we don't want to make a show of anything. We, we just want to be there to help, you know, and pray with you and minister to you. And so we're going to put some stuff on screen that are common counterfeit forms of spirituality, unbiblical. And if you've been involved in any of these practices, You've handed the keys of your life over to demons to influence your life in a negative way. And so if you've been involved with the, a spirit guide or read the horoscopes or played a Ouija board or been involved in New Age spirituality or crystals, Kabbalah, Curineros, Santeria, Scientology. And by the way, before I read the rest of the list, you may not even know what all these things are. If you don't know what they are, then don't worry about it. But if you practice any of these things, you'll know. And look at the next column in the middle. If you've had a, an experience of ayahuasca, which is growing in its popularity these days, or out-of-body experience, or channelers, or tried talking to the dead, as much as you want to talk to your dead relative, it, it isn't your dead relative you've heard from him. It's a deceptive spirit that's impersonating your dead relative. If you've been involved in spells, curses, occult games, divination, or look at the last column, Wicca, voodoo, witchcraft, hallucinogenic drugs, which is pharmakia in the Bible. If you've done astral projection, gone to a palm reader, tarot cards, paganism, or fortune teller, any of these practices hand the keys to your life over to demons to control, influence, in a negative way and there's costs and we want to take them out today and so we didn't have time to do an exhaustive list but here's where the Holy Spirit's going to help us is I want us to just stop and be still for a minute 
and ask God by his spirit, say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me right now any and all practices, spiritual practices that I've been involved with that would in any way be offensive to God. You get it? Holy Spirit, just like bring the thought to my mind of any and all spiritual practices that I've been involved with that are offensive to God. And just be still and let's listen for a minute and see what thoughts God by His Spirit brings to our minds. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for gently speaking to us today and revealing to us those things that we need to repent of, renounce, and rebuke. And so in order to take care of these things, I want to ask you guys to stand up now. We're going to make some declarations out loud in prayer. And if you look on screen, you'll see the first prayer. And it's real simple. Heavenly Father, I repent of participating in. And when you see a blank there, I want you to name that counterfeit spirituality that you've been involved with. Just, you don't have to yell it out, but just say it out loud, just, you know, quietly. And that'll take the power away from it, okay? That'll be part of taking the power away from it. And so let's say this out loud together. And when it gets to the blank, you just name your specific things out loud. Ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I repent of participating in. And now let's say this next part, let's renounce. We'll just say, I renounce it as a counterfeit. Ready? Here we go. I renounce it as a counterfeit. In the next prayer, we're going to say this one out loud, ready to, to do the rebuke. Here we go. Ready? I rebuke the spirit of this counterfeit in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that in Christ I am forgiven. I pray that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit to replace the space of the counterfeit. And now just stay there, stand there and hold your hands out to receive it. I want to pray over you. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the spirits that have held our people captive. In Jesus' name, I bind and rebuke and punch in the face spirits of anxiety and depression. I punch in the face those spirits of pornography and sexual addiction or wrong identity. In Jesus' name, I pray that cancer be bound and cast away with all its works and effects. I pray that all the stronghold spirits and demon spirits that have kept people in bondage be bound. Your rebuke, you have no right here at the powerful name of Jesus. May the Lord rebuke you. May the Lord rebuke you. Up and out in Jesus' name. Up and out in Jesus' name, you foul spirits. You have no right to these people. These people are loved. Holy angels of heaven are surrounding this place and moving through this place to extract the demon spirits that hold the people of God in bondage. In Jesus' name, we rebuke and renounce those spirits. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. All your power is being taken away from these people. Spirits of division and divorce are being bound in Jesus' name. Spirits of addiction and bondage are being broken now in Jesus' name. Python spirits are being bound and rebuked in Jesus' name. Scorpion spirits are being bound and rebuked in Jesus' name. Snakes and scorpions bound in Jesus' name. All stronghold spirits with all your works and effects and underlings are being bound and rebuked in Jesus' name. We do our battle in prayer. May the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. You may not have the people of God, their property of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is the only King here. Jesus is the one who reigns here. May the blood of Jesus come against you, foul spirits, up and out in Jesus' name. You're bound and you must be gone in Jesus' name. You may not harm people, hurt people, scare people, 
powerful name of Jesus. And so as we continue, I want you to join me in this battle now. I want to invite some of you, if you'd like, to come and kneel and pray and do your battle in prayer and worship. If you want to pray for family members, if you want to come and kneel and pray for friends that need deliverance and freedom, come and pray for them. If you need help yourself, if you want to come and kneel and pray. And let's do our battle in praise and thanksgiving to our good God as we speak, as we sing, as we proclaim the powerful name of Jesus. I want you to speak out, renounce, repent, rebuke the powers of darkness now as we worship our good God. Let's sing it together.
celebrate that victory together. Let's sing together my victory. in Jesus' name. I thank you that some have gotten free, like someone got free from a lust addiction today, and they're completely free from porn and sexual addiction. Others are getting healed of a cancer that they didn't even know they had. Um, Father, I thank you that you're restoring relationships as as parents are praying for kids that like restoration is going out and the prodigals are returning home. And uh, I thank you that some that have been inhibited in their spiritual life have had breakthrough today that they're going to have new levels of intimacy with you, Jesus, because the best way to come against a counterfeit is to get the real deal in Jesus Christ. That's what you are, Jesus. You're the real deal. You're the genuine article. You're the pearl of great price. You're the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. There's none like you. There's no one even close. And we voluntarily and we willingly bow the knee before you because of your grandeur and your goodness. And we know that you will force every foul spirit to bow at your feet because of your power, your grandeur, your glory, and your goodness. We thank you for your kindness to us today that you would see people such as us and grant your grace, your mercy, your love, your tender care, your hugs, and your healing. We thank you for it, and we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Anyone want to thank the Lord today for his kindness to us today? Bless you, Lord. All right. Well, you you guys have been going after it today, so go ahead and take a load off for just a minute and take a breather for a minute. And um, as we wrap up the service, just a couple of things I want to remind you about. Um, And and by the way, before I get to these reminders, uh, I just want to say to some of you who are spiritual investigators and you're new to church, you're like, what in the world was that? What was all of that about? Well, just keep coming and scoping it out at your own pace and, um, you know, keep checking God out. And, and I think he'll reveal himself because God always reveals himself when we seek him with, with, with all of our hearts. So uh, as we wrap up, next week, we're going to continue talking about spiritual warfare and we're going to come against 
a spirit called the self-hatred spirit. Have you ever just hated something about yourself? Maybe the way you look or a problem or your background or something like that. And I dealt with that one some years ago in my own life. And so I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of you as we do spiritual warfare against the self-hatred spirit next week. Also, our prayer leaders are going to be down front and they're just such loving and compassionate people that want to serve you. And so if you need prayer for anything, they'd be more than happy to pray with you after the service. And the last thing I want to remind you about is our offering. You know, uh, people get weird when you talk about money in church, and I understand why. And if you're new to church, we want you to know that uh, we're not like just trying to get at your money. And if you don't buy into all this, by all means, don't feel any pressure to participate in the financial part of the worship. But those of us that are regulars, you know, we start out with like a tithe or such. And um, we tithe here. And look, if you don't buy into this church, go tithe at another church and see what God does in your life through your finances. And since we don't pass buckets or plates, there are four ways that we take up the offerings of the tithes and stuff here. Um, you can do it by mail, by text. You can go to the giving boxes or the website citytribe.church. And man, your giving is just making such a huge impact in people's lives right here in the church, not only in the services, but all the many tribe groups and the different programs and things that the church is doing to serve people and the poor in this city and in other parts of the world. So thank you so much for your giving here. And so uh, why don't we stand together for the benediction? And during this benediction today, if you're comfortable to join hands with the folks that either side of you. And can I just tell you a little story that um, I heard this story last week of uh, a couple that like they just joined hands during the benediction and he got her number and they went on, they're going on a date. So you're welcome. <laughs> I help you guys all the time. I do what I can for you. But um, as we wrap up today, uh, dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk from here in repentance, renouncing evil and rebuking the devil. Go from here and punch a demon in the face. You guys have an amazing Sunday. and We'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.